You're listening to the Coach and Joe podcast, conversations on friendship with God. Welcome to the Coach and Joe show. My name is Chad Norris, lead pastor of Bridgeway Church, author of Signs, Wonders, and a Baptist I'm Preacher. I'm for the first time. It's a good book. Author of Mama Jane's Secret and soon to be author of Cheese. There it is. A Journey into Comfort. <laughs> Mike Jones sent me a text the other day. What's your favorite kind of cheese? Oh, man. Asiago. Really? Mm. And anything melted. You know your son, Sam, he comes home and makes cheese. When you were out of town and I was housing, he came home and just put a huge plate of chips in an ungodly amount of cheese on top of it and melted it and ate it. And it was... And chicken. You put shredded chicken on there, too. My wife, she, uh, a couple weeks ago, she she was in there. She was huffing mad about where the cheese dip was. <laughs> we had two things of cheese dip, and they were gone. And Sam was like had the, the scarlet A over his head. He was the convicted felon in the corner. She's like, how can you eat two things of cheese in two days? I'm like, it's a miracle. I'm, I didn't touch any of it. <laughs> you, you, uh, you seem like you weigh about 100 pounds. Are you? A, I'm assuming, do you eat carbs? What do you, how do you stay? He eats a lot, man. Yeah, I can eat. I just try to. You eat what? Just whatever, whatever's put before me. You're kind of bowed up. You work out? I do. I'm trying to take it easy. Uh, this month, I thought to myself, I was like, I better, I better take it easy. What does that mean? On, take it easy on, on on the food side. Are of you things. a creatine guy? I bet you are. Mm-mm. I'd stick away from it, man. It like made me feel like. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What made you feel? That means you did it. I've done it for <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. It'll bloat you. I bet you. Huh? No, it'll, I'm not I said it'll bloat you, man. Made me feel bad. Right? Made me feel weird. You I'm ever done creatine? Oh yeah. Yeah. Did you do that in Michigan? Mm-hmm. Have gluten in it? Uh, no. I I didn't know if I was gluten intolerant then. I had all sorts of stuff with gluten. Then. You you give me more flack about not eating gluten. Well, well I'm, I'm just in a new covenant. Paul said you drink something poisonous that doesn't hurt. You know, just I'm more of a new covenant guy. All right, let's jump in. I want you to read the level of shade, <laughs> Coach. Shade I want and you Joe. to read a scripture, Shade and Joe, about Christ. not despising the prophetic. Corey, give me a definition of the prophetic real quick to catch our listeners up here. Uh, Hearing God's voice and communicating what he says. There you go. God's voice. Talking to God, he talks to you. And I want to jump into why would Paul say what he just said here, Joseph? 1 Thessalonians 5.20, when your disciple does not eat gluten, leave him alone. God shall strike him in the mouth (laughs) with gluten. (laughs) First Thessalonians five twenty says, "Do not despise prophetic utterances. Hmm. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Uh, do not scoff at prophecies. Yeah, everything. Do not reject prophecy." Okay, how about All this? Here's, here's what I noticed on a metric. Obviously, we're in the South here, correct? Here we go. We're in the South. I yep. grew up Baptist. You grew up mega church. What were you? Mm-hmm. Contemporary church. What, I was non-denominational, which non-denominational. Is, is a, it's basically a denomination at this point. Okay. And you grew up Baptist? I grew up charismatic, but it was like even denominationally. Like I was in a charismatic Methodist church for years. Charismatic Methodist? No way. It was like split right on the middle. Mm-hmm. That's know, awesome. They didn't know what to do with all yeah. that. So you grew up a Methodist charismatic. <laughs> I grew up a Baptist and you grew up a community church, mega church guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can tell you then and now, I just don't know this is like, not the people you read about, like on, in the magazines, charisma magazine, or you watch online or whatever, the churches I personally know, mm-hmm. and I traveled for 17 years as an itinerant speaker. Mm-hmm. I preached in hundreds 
and hundreds of Baptist churches and Presbyterian churches and conservative churches. I don't know of hardly any church that's really wide open to the prophetic. Is that fair? No. Huh? Yes, sir. I think so. Do you? Yeah. Why do you think, and if I'm wrong, I'll admit it, I, just, I don't know. Why do you think so many churches despise the prophetic? We may not say it that way. Why are more churches not One open to word, control? Mm, Janet Jackson. Because, did you write a song called Control? You're kidding me. No. Do you know who Janet Jackson is? Yes, I know who she is. She had this unfortunate Super Bowl. That was a train wreck. Would you remember this? This is a few years ago. Yeah, that about? image. Holy Spirit needs to help me. I actually walked out of the I didn't see it. Praise God. Oh, I saw it. I was, <laughs> I was in Destin, Florida. That was a spit the cheese dip up moment. So yeah, she she, she wrote. You never about heard her song called "Control." Never. Cook, 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 control. Have you ever heard it? I bet you've never heard of Janet Jackson. <laughs> For sure, I have. You have. Uh, you've never heard that song. You need to, it's 2019, man. You talk about. It's Michael. Toby Flenderson. Pe, Petty. Ten, Toby Flenderson. <laughs> Toby Flenderson. Pettigrass. She's Michael's sister, the most famous human, probably ever walked the earth, minus Jesus Christ. It's his sister. I know who she and is. And never heard her song. No. She wrote a song called Control. Well, she needs to control her, her garments when she's doing yes. the Super Bowl. Well, I think that's the answer. I think churches, uh, if we're not careful, well, I'll say that in a minute. We will lean into control. Uh, but if you start opening up the prophetic, it might affect a lot of things in a church. Yeah, there's a couple of different reasons. But specifically, I think control is it because it's hard. First of all, it's hard to measure it. In terms of when it's being released, because discerning of spirits is also a gift, and you need to have that gift to understand how to receive prophetic words. It's really hard to teach through it from a knowledge-based practical standpoint, because it's all spirit. I mean, literally, the prophetic is spirit. Um, so I think that churches just don't don't go towards it, because it's easier to just let things like that happen if they happen, or take a hard stance against it. And I think the second reason that it's not talked about often is because we like to judge the prophetic messages that God likes to speak through. Mm-hmm. I've actually heard it said that if you know somebody doesn't have the right character, you don't receive any words that they have. Yeah. If you know if they're not a person, that's blank, blank, blank. Well, the problem is do- God spoke through a donkey. That's right. Problem is, is God actually um, He can choose who He wants to speak something through. Didn't He speak through a, um, a high priest right after the resurrection? Yeah, um, He did. Yes, He did. He he, uh, he goes, brothers, brothers, let's be reasonable. Yes, and he gave a prophetic word. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. And so I think that I, I think that we like to be the ones who can determine what amount of God is being spoken through a human. When the prophetic doesn't play by those rules, because God can speak through that Georgia Bulldog statue up there if He really wanted to. He can speak through the donkey outside. He can speak through your neighbor that you don't like. He can speak with the disobedient, rebellious friend that you had in your past to you. He can speak through anyone. And if we want, like to hold judgment towards towards what God is saying and who it's saying through, we like to filter. And a really easy way for us to re- just cross people off the list is to say, well, their character's not there, their XYZ thing's not there, I don't like this in their life, so anything they have to say to me is not of the Lord. Well, that's a problem because God can speak through anybody. The prophetic can be messy because it's you can't control it. I've noticed over the years, I've written two books on the prophetic, and I've just noticed over the years that people that are not big fans of me We'll talk about the two words that you miss and ignore the 98 out of 100 that are spot on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, what? Why are people so drawn to control? 
Why would Paul have to pin in Scripture, do not despise the prophetic? No. Um, I think another thing, too, is, and this probably goes right along with it, is just the fact that there's been people that have been manipulated mm-hmm. with the prophetic. And since there has been, you know, a negative side to it um, because of the position of people's hearts, not because the gift is wrong, but because of the position of right. people's hearts, they have manipulated and controlled people. And there's been like some weirdness and things like that. And so our natural tendency and my experience as human beings is like, when you see an error, you run to the complete opposite side and yeah. there by default, you step into error because you have just despised something. The Holy Spirit. That was real. Yeah. You know? And so because you yeah, see a hard. negativity or, you know, the human, nature side of things getting in it, you know, or someone making a mistake or dropping the ball or literally taking the word of God to control someone. You're just like, Nope, I'm done with that. I'm going in the other direction. And it's caused people to play it safe with it. Even if they don't completely despise it to where they shut it down. I've I've never, that's good, Corey. I've never asked you this. Why does the father value the prophetic? What's the point? He's the author of it. What, what, why does he value it? Well, because in our Godhead, like as born again Christians, we understand that our God is triune, which means there's communication within the Godhead, yes. which means communication one unto another is a value that God has. I think God values the prophetic because it is the true binding source of John 17, where heavens meaning earth, God is one with man, man is with God, Jesus, all unity and oneness. When, when I receive a word from the Father through Corey Reed, I'm connecting to Corey in that moment as a brother. I'm connecting with the Spirit of Lord, with God himself. It's all, the, the unity of God is, is foundational within prophecy, which is why I think the Father delights in it. Because what other way would there be? I mean, healing does the same thing. But I think specifically prophecy, especially, what does the scripture say? That when, a, when an unbelievers is in your church and prophecy is in action, they'll know God is there. Well, what Paul says, he pray, all of their he, secrets will be, will be bored to you. Well, he says they'll be, they'll be in awe and say God is in our midst. He said if you pray in tongues, They'll basically say, what, 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 what's going on here? Mm-hmm. But if you start operating in prophecy, uh, I saw, I've seen it happen. Yeah. I've seen it happen over 17 years. I've lost count. I can get more in, I can get more traction in someone, with someone, in three minutes of the prophetic than you can in about 20 counseling sessions. It's yeah. shocking. Yes. Yeah. Fannin, who, who is the group that you brought in from Germany five years ago? The God Encounter team. They call it the God Encounter Team. I'm telling you. It was nuts. I've never seen anything like it. One, They're all uh, German 20-somethings? Yeah. One of them came up to me. I couldn't stop laughing. It was one thing after another. These words were so accurate. And see, what, what happens to me is I just want to know God. I, on my epitaph is going to be Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom or the strong man boast of his strength. He goes on. He goes, let him who boasts boast by this that he understands and knows me. I do love the Logos word. I love it. But I also love hearing him. I love it when I'm in a grocery store and he gives me a word so accurate. I don't think it's sovereign. I think he knows how hungry I am for it. And I'll I'll just step out of the boat and say, Father, I want a word for that person. And he'll say, ask her if her grandmother's name is Lois. And I'm like, no, God, I feel like I'm going to have diarrhea. I'm so nervous about that. Because the truth is, in the early days, I missed it a lot. But over the last, gosh, 15 years or so, I've had so many of those moments where the person looks at me and says, yes, my grandmother's name is Lois. 
uh, I, there should, I, I don't know how you can be friends with God. You can be friends with your theology. You can be friends with someone else's theology and be teaching theirs. I don't see how you can be friends with God and not have a desire to hear him 50 times a day. I'm looking at Chris King right now. Chris King's wife, Dawn, we're at Stafford Tree. I had never heard of this author's name in my life. I looked at Dawn, his wife, and I said, do you read the author Anne Lamont? And she said, yeah. I never heard of Anne Lamont. You, you operate in this, well, you both do, on a level of just all the time. I want to start here and then go here. Okay. Not for someone to go to first base. Yes. For someone to go, I'm sick and tired. For Like, no offense to people like Sean Bowles. That's great. Sean, I bless you. I love it. What does someone do when they say, man, I want to get words on a level that even shock me? How do you get there? Well, gosh, I wish I had an easier way to say this. I've re- As you were talking, I really sensed just pastorally for some listeners. One other way that you'll start to despise the prophetic is if it hasn't happened in your life. Either you've tried and pursued it and it hasn't manifested or you've been prophesied over and been disappointed by the result. So, like, for me, I had some major words spoken over me in my college years, and they didn't happen. And so I actually had a really hard decision to make in my own spirit, because I was borderline despite. I was like, I don't care about prophetic stuff. If God wants it to happen, it will be blah, 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 blah. And I actually, I was hurt in my heart by the prophetic. But now looking back, if the words that were prophesied over me would have happened, it would have ruined my life, because I did not have the character to steward them. And so for those of you who have had, like, words spoken over you in the past that either haven't manifested yet, or the time has passed for them to manifest, like be of good cheer. But as you're going back into this prophetic world, you've got to release any bitterness that you have towards it, even if you don't know you're carrying it. Because you're desp- it's him. The pro- I think we've got to take out the word prophetic. When we say we're despising the prophetic, we're actually despising God. Yeah, It's him. It's his word. It's him. Right? And so... Is, is dealing with any bitterness that you have towards the thought of the, that any of the charisma, any of the gifts, any of, you know, if there's been spirit-filled people in your life who've been weird or weird moments or, you know, turned away from, from people or that culture before, if there's any offense that you have towards that, you've got to deal with that. Because I don't know if he'll bring you into that place and allow you to steward an offense for it at the same time. But I think really practically is being in a culture that is going after it has been the biggest growth for me. It started at Bethel. Yeah. Church in Reading, which is a culture that highly values the prophetic, that's really what started it. And then coming here, I've been under different leaders, specifically you, who've really pulled that out of me. But Sean Curtis is another one in this season. Micah Ushery is one in this season who are, are leading me in it. Yep. And so being discipled in the prophetic is a huge deal, too. Yes. That's really good. What about you? Uh, it's very similar. Um, it's just been a process of, you know, I mean, to simplify, like we said in the last podcast, like repetition and just continuing to like yeah. not choose out and and condemn yourself or step in unbelief because something isn't happening, but knowing, you know, thinking about the things that have happened and holding on to that yeah. and really having, yeah. like Joe's saying, like discipleship, 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 it is such a big deal because that for me is really what shifted everything. Just real quick, I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but when I started to try to operate um, in the prophetic, like in a in a regular way, I remember when I started to get discipled by Micah, and even before he was a pastor of a church, everything that he did, he was always making disciples and had a team with him that he was training up, college students, you know, the whole nine. And um, I remember 
being in meetings with him and even being outside of meetings, like going on outreach and doing street evangelism and stuff. And I remember when I started to really step into like operating in the gifts, I'd pray for people and I saw a couple healings. But when I started to try to prophesy, I would just miss it. I'd miss it. And I literally, to myself, like we do, we categorize categorize ourselves based on our personality type, based on our experience or lack thereof. And I literally said, I made a statement to one of the girls on the team. And I said, I guess God just uses me with healing and not mm-hmm. the prophetic. And she, thank God that you have community. That's why we're the body. You have people in your life because she literally looked at me and laughed and she didn't really laugh at me, but she was just kind of like, no, that's not true. The Bible says the sheep hear his voice. You're a son. You don't have to be a prophet. You don't have to be a prophet to prophesy. Uh, what is yeah. it? First Corinthians 14. It says you may all prophesy. Yeah. Like, you don't have to be a prophet to prophesy, nor do you have to be an evangelist, capital E, in order to evangelize. But it's on those people that, that sit in that office to train and raise people up. There you go. You know, Ephesians says that, they're, yes, they're given to train and equip the body. If you are such, Come if on. you are a capital P prophet, you're called to raise up prophetic people and to establish the culture. The and so, for me, it was just one of those things where through encouragement. I mean, thank God I have people in my life to say, no, that's not true. You're a son. You hear his voice. Sheep hear his voice, pulling me in, encouraging me, getting me to step out. So it was that level of real invitation. And then Micah would challenge us. He'd put us on the spot sometimes and say, what do you feel like God's saying? What do you feel like God's saying? Um, and then just through that, another thing that you've helped me in too, is like I said before, like just friendship with God. Being able to not just do it in a ministry setting, but actually engaging with his voice in just everyday life. Do you know the people that tend to, that I've done life with or I'm around or over here, the people that tend to bash education are those without education. The people that tend to bash taking the biblical language of Greek or Hebrew are the ones that haven't taken it. Typically what happens, the people that bash the prophetic are those that don't prophesy. And you're going to have to learn how to operate in the prophetic around people that don't like it. I think it's actually great training ground mm-hmm. because the prophetic will bring out the fear of man faster than any gift I've ever heard of. Yeah. I walked into a subway one night to get a sandwich. It's early days. And I said, Father, I was going to go for it. And I asked this lady behind the counter, I said, is your name so-and-so? No. Is your right shoulder hurt? No. What about your left knee? No. <laughs> Were you raised by one of your grandmothers? Mm. So I was 0 for 4. And I said, all right, I, I want a turkey sandwich with extra cheese. Well, man, that'll test you where you are really, really quick on that. But the truth is you just keep going and That's keep right. going. And what you just said is, okay, I may not be a prophet, but I can prophesy. Why would this gift be any different than, than anything else? you got to grow into it. Yes. But there should be a desire. I'll close with that. There should be a desire. The, uh, to see those that can really hear him is like a Roger Bannister, the first one to break the four-minute mile. Uh, when, when the Germans came and spoke to us and ministered to us, you know the first thing I said? Father, I don't want to ever be around anyone that can hear you more clearly than I can. <laughs> Not for competition, but it's like you if they yeah. can do it, yeah. then I can do it. Yeah. And I had a conversation with him recently, and he said it's possible, and I'm telling you, you can go in deep into this as as much as much as you want to. Yeah. I feel like I'm supposed to close this show by getting a word over you and then a word over Corey. Okay. Father, um, what are you saying about Job? Okay, the reason you saw the owl recently in my backyard and the reason you saw the hike, the, the hawk. I just went on a hike. You saw the hawk in my backyard and I named the hawk Joseph Reynolds and you started laughing. is because God's um, 
he's he is speaking to you in different ways than he ever has. The reason you've been having so many dreams at nighttime is for a specific reason, and they won't stop. They won't stop. They will increase. And God is going to, he has been training you a lot in the daytime, you hearing him and walking with him. He's going to be now, he's going to flip for a season and train you more at night. Between now and July 4th, I want you to keep a record of every every dream you have at night. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that in the last couple of weeks, I'll text you every morning, what dreams you have last night? Yeah. I'll text you what dreams you have last night because God's been giving you a lot of dreams. He has, right? Yeah. And, and, and it won't stop. Uh, Father, what are you saying for Corey? Because, listen, if I can do this stuff, anyone can do it. Does that resonate with you, by the oh, way? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I actually had a similar word about the training that the Father's got me in from somebody else. Yeah. So. There's a reason you saw two predator birds, too, because God's training you actually to be very aggressive towards the enemy. There are some people he uh, calls to be very, very quiet. He's actually calling you to be very, very loud with the sword. Your sword's very sharp. Uh, Father, what are you saying? What are you saying about Corey? Uh, the Father wants to sharpen you through conflict in this season. You see, he's going to bring conflict into your life. It's not the devil. It's going to bring, he's bringing conflict in your life, and it's actually to train you. And I see you going from, um, I don't know anything about carpentry. I didn't grow up around all that. But he's turning you into one of those saws that goes right down the middle, electrical saw. What is that called? The one that you don't want to get your finger near. Um, I don't know what it's called, but the one that's really, really loud. He's training you to be a saw, and he's going to train you through conflict. This is not life or death conflict. It's not that. Jesus came out of the desert, and all he faced the rest of his life was conflict at every turn, at every turn, every turn. It's not because something's right. It's actually because something's wrong. When I look at you, I told Wendy recently, you remind me of the, the young version of myself. And if I'd have known how much conflict would await me in ministry, I don't think I would have done it. Uh, just know that it's actually uh, intended to train you, not hurt you, because yeah. he wants to make you very sharp. And if Jesus couldn't escape the desert, neither can you be blessed. Enjoy it. Yes. In the name of Jesus, go into ninja land. Go for it. Don't make any excuse why you can't hear him. You've been listening to Coach and Joe. For more information and additional content, please visit bridgewaynetwork.org.